We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink AG1 literally every day and I started to give them a try because I realized that in order to be the real champion of my life, I've got to take care of my body. It's truly an absolute non-negotiable. I drink AG1 in the morning before I start my day and it makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body as a positive first action and habit of my day. Because I've realized that one small thing that I do is the quickest way that I can create lasting change in my life. I think about it like this, my choices, my actions, they matter. So I think of drinking AG1 as a choice. It's like a vote for the person that I want to become, someone who's balanced, vibrant, healthy, full of energy. And that's why I love AG1. It tastes so great and gives me everything that I need to feel my best. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash coachable. That's drinkag1.com slash coachable. Check them out today. Coachable family, welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I am your host, Tori Gordon, and today is a special day. I've got my sister, my dear friend, Jen Gottlieb, in the building. She has traveled to be with us here in Las Vegas in studio, and I'm so excited to have her here. I'm celebrating a really big win. You know, talk about the game of life. Jen is winning today. We've got um, her new book that's coming out. It's called Be Seen. You definitely want to make sure you're seeing this, you recognize this, and that you get your hands on this coming out at the end of October, very beginning of November. If you don't know Jen, she's been on the show before. This is not her first rodeo. She also runs her own podcast called the I Dare You Podcast. But Jen, if you don't know her, you're going to get to know her today. She is a powerhouse entrepreneur. She's an international speaker. She is on almost every stage I see lately. She's speaking here at WealthCon in just a couple days. She's the co-founder of Super Connector Media, which is an award-winning training events and online education company. And she has had a successful five-year stint as a VH1 host. She's been a Broadway actress. And she is, she is just a badass. I mean, someone I truly look up to, I admire, and she's really making waves in the entrepreneurial space. 
by teaching business owners how to build profitable brands and become the recognized expert in their field. And that is what this book is all about. How can you get over the fear of being seen, get your name out there, become a recognized expert, and truly show the world what you're capable of and make the impact you want to make. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Jen, welcome to the show. I always feel so at home with you. I'm so grateful to be here. Mm. I can't, I mean, I remember when we did our interview, it was yeah. your first time in the studio. It was. Remember that? Yeah. How yeah. cool is this? It's so fun. So full circle. And we were talking, I announced the name of my book for the first time ever yeah. on your show. Yep. And now we're here. So fitting and to it's have you thing. back. <laughs> and I can't wait to talk all about it because this is like, this is your thing. This, you and being seen, I can't think of anybody who fits this title more. Um, authentically and you wear this 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 name and like what you're known for is being that super connector but also just like being really loud and proud about who you are and how you show up but I know that it hasn't always been like this like let's be real there is a journey to get to this point where you're actually sharing your expertise and your your tools with how you got to this point and how other people can get over the fear of being seen because the truth is so many of us, myself included, have these audacious goals, these big dreams where we're like, if only I could, right? If only I could. And maybe we see people like you and we're like, wow, she's incredible. I admire her. I look up to her. I wish I could be like Jen. And you and I have said that about people we look up to. But it's, there's oftentimes for so many of us, this resistance, this, this wall that we hit that's like, no, you can't, or no, not you, or people aren't going to take you seriously, or what if people judge you? And, and you really kind of break it down for people how they can get over those fears. I just want you to tell me, what, is, what does it mean to be seen to you? What does mm -hmm. being seen mean to you? And what is, um, you know, What's important for people to know who are struggling with the fear of showing up and really allowing the world to see who they are? Being seen to me starts with seeing who you really are. Mm. And the only reason I was able to figure that out is because I was not being who I really was for a very, very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And this book is basically like me learning how to be seen while teaching it at the exact same time. And what's really meta about this is you, you just talked about like all these fears that come up when we're starting to put ourselves out there for the first time. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned, I help you, I will help you overcome these fears. I don't believe that those fears ever go away. Mm -hmm. And I'm in it right now. Like I'm, I'm launching a book yep. into the world. What's ironic about this is the book is called Be Seen and I'm teaching people how to move through the fear of being seen. And I'm actually experiencing all these fears right now. In real yeah. time. And I think it's an important conversation to have because you might look at authors or people that are out there and very visible, like on stages and think, oh yeah, they never feel fear. They never feel insecure. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't get scary for them. This is definitely an experience of feeling the imposter syndrome, feeling analysis paralysis, feeling perfectionism, comparisonitis, uh, wrapping my a little bit of my worth or a lot of bit of my worth up into like how well this book is going to do. And sure. I think that mm, I, I didn't see enough people when I was writing this book that were showcasing all of the fears that come along with launching a book. And so I wasn't that prepared. And now I'm like, whoa, I want to talk about this mm -hmm. because this is all part of it. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There's always going to be a fear of being seen. Yeah. And I don't ever want anyone to think that they need to 
get over fear or that they can become fearless because I actually think that fear can be a really great gift mm -hmm. if you learn how to navigate your relationship with fear. Sure. My therapist always says to me, she's my favorite line, my favorite question she always asks me is, what do you want your relationship with that to be? Mm -hmm. Because we get to choose what our perspective is of this fear that's coming in. Yeah. So a lot of people are not being seen. They're holding themselves back because one of the symptoms of fear that I talk about in the book or, or one of the six symptoms or all of them analysis paralysis, oh, there's too many people out there doing what I'm doing, FOMO, fear of missed opportunity. So seeing somebody else that's online and, and they're crushing it and you're like, oh man, that, like I'm jealous of them. That could never be me. I'm not going to do it or perfectionism. Mm -hmm. They experience all of that. And it's like, what is my relationship with those symptoms? Is it, you know what? That's going to come along the ride with me. Yeah. What if I just put my arm around this fear and understood and knew like, okay, this is part of the, this is part of the game. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to happen. And my why and my responsibility to be seen or my desire to get myself out there so that I can help people is so important to me that I'm willing to say, hey, fear, what's up? I see you. I get it. You're going to be there with me. I'm going to feel like an imposter sometimes. I'm going to feel like I'm comparing myself to other people sometimes. I'm going to feel like I'm not worthy of this. But I'm going to invite you to the party. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you sit in the car with me. I'm driving the car. I'm in control, but you're there with me. Yep. And throughout this process of marketing my book and doing all these things that are really scary and being seen on, on a whole other level than I ever was in my whole life, I'm really implementing all the steps in my book, which is like, okay, good. Everything, mm -hmm. it works. Because I'm not fearless mm -hmm. and it's not going away. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, I'm inviting you, fear. Yeah. Let's go. Come along. Let's just do it anyway. Because I feel like the purpose of this book and, and hopefully the impact that it makes is is so profound and so and so important that it's worth a little bit of this discomfort right now. Yeah. I think that's so, so important because what you're doing is you're walking the talk, right? You're showing people what is required for them to be able to get to kind of these next levels. And that requires making friends with your fear. And like you just said, it's like, it's not in the driver's seat, but it's coming along and I'm going to buckle it up and let it know who's boss. But it's like what you said, it's, it's not about the fear going away. It's not about learning to be fearless. It's learning how to relate differently to it in a way that it doesn't control or run the show. And I think it's so important for people to have that context and hear it from somebody like you who they can't have this misconception of what it, what it's like and think that it comes naturally. I know you spent, you know, time on Broadway. You're an incredible actress. You're so talented. But like what you just said is, is, is really important that there's levels to this. It's like, what what about that point in your life when you were an actress, what showed up that says, hey, even though I'm very much out there in the public eye, how am I not being seen? Mm -hmm. What what was the, start, the, the indicator that was like, there's still part of me that's hiding or thinks that I can't show it all? And how does that, because you just said it, like then it it kind of goes and is, is a lesson that you have to relearn with every level. It's like, how willing For am sure. I to put down the mask and bear it all and trade being understood for being seen? Mm, I like that line, trade being understood for being seen. That's good. All right. I, so if you haven't listened to the first episode that Tori and I did yes. together, you should listen to it because I tell my whole story. But mm -hmm. for those of you who didn't, I'll give you a little background. I was on a TV show on VH1 for five years about heavy metal music. Yes. And I don't really like heavy metal music, but I was an actress and I got a gig. And before I knew it, I had this brand and I had this persona of being this heavy metal chick. And people followed me because of that. And yeah. they thought that that was me. And it couldn't have been further from who I really was. And I fell into a really deep, dark hole because I was being seen as a version of me that was completely inauthentic to mm -hmm. who I was. 
And there was this voice inside of me that was like, Jen, this isn't you. This isn't you. What are you going to do when this is over? Because you keep building up this thing that is really, really hard to keep up with. And what's going to happen when it goes away? Who are you? Mm -hmm. But I just kept going because I didn't have really, for me, like in that moment, I felt like I had no choice. Yeah. I felt like this is all that I was worth. I really was, I was lost. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget the moment when I realized that this was a real problem. I got invited to this dinner, this like very exclusive dinner from an editor-in-chief at a big magazine at her home. And it was like a pizza party dinner for women that were like doing cool stuff in the world. And it was very small and, and we all get invited to this thing. And I guess I was invited because I was on this TV show. Sure. And I walk in and this, and I'm me, Jen, like the Jen you're looking at right now because that's how I was in real life. And she looks at me and she goes, oh my gosh, you're so nice. You know, mm. I almost didn't invite you to this party because I was scared of you. Because I went on your website and you looked really scary. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, there's something wrong here. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm blocking opportunities because I'm being totally inauthentic. And when she saw me and she sat across from me and she, we spoke to each other and we were at dinner, she was like, uh, you are so different from what I thought you would be. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really an issue. Yeah. And... That was when I started to really go down even a darker path of, of being really depressed because I was like, I want to be me, but I don't even know how to be. Mm -hmm. And so then the universe stepped in and was like, okay, listen, you can't get back into alignment. You can't find your real self. I'm going to take this away from you. And you're going to have to figure it out. I mean, that's a real specific type of pain, right? When you know that what I'm projecting out into the world is not the truth. Yeah. And there's these moments where you like have these moments with yourself in the mirror where you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I feel like a fake. Like, I feel like a phony. I'm not even, like, I'm projecting out this image that is either who I think I need to be in order to be loved and accepted or successful or whatever reason we've picked up this mask. And now you said it's like, I'm digging myself into this hole and I'm becoming more and more of this and I'm becoming more and more known for this. And it can't feel further from the truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, starting to do a U-turn and move in the other direction inevitably brings up those fears you're talking about. It felt impossible. Yeah. It felt literally impossible. Yeah. And I'll never forget the day that like I really realized that it was all gone and I had to start over. And I just kept, I had this notebook and I just kept writing in this notebook, like one day I'll know why this happened. Mm -hmm. One day I'll know this happened. And I was forced, like my, I, I was forced to figure it out and I didn't figure it out all at once at all. There was a, like a lot of trial and error in figuring it out and getting back into like, okay, who am I? What do I even like to do? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I even want to do? Who, who is Jen at my, like, who am I at my core? And the more I have to be honest, like I'm a student of personal development. Sure. This is when I had to dive in and really do the work. The actual, like, per, like the stuff that is in all the self-help book. Like I did it. I studied it. And I say that because if you're listening to this podcast, it means that you're into personal growth. It means you're into personal development. It means that you are uh, trying to be your best self and, and you're consuming all of this content. And I want to let you know, if you are listening to this right now, that it works. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you do it and you're consistent and you consistently take action, you don't need to believe 100%. You don't need to be perfect with it. You don't have to have the perfect morning routine. You don't have to have the perfect amount of belief. You don't have to never think a negative thought. All of that stuff is bullshit. Mm -hmm. But if you can just do a little bit each day, and, and my husband and I always teach, like just 51%, believe a little bit more than you don't. Do a little bit. Take one action step every single day, a tiny bit. 
all of those tiny little wins will stack up and you will eventually start to find yourself again. Mm -hmm. And you will eventually start to see yourself first yeah. or who you really are. And then once you can tap into who you really are, that, that little girl, that little boy, that little person inside of you, you can start to show that to the world. And then the feeling that you get when you start to show that to the world and you start to attract people that are into that person mm -hmm. and you start to see what being seen and building a brand actually feels like when it's authentic and real, then you're off to the races. Yeah. Then you're like a rocket ship. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this energy and this momentum that just gets behind you mm -hmm. in a way that felt forced before. Yeah. Right. I'm curious, like when was the moment you started to feel that authentic expression, that authentic you start to come forward and start to be what's actually driving your life? And w was there a moment or w was there a season or shift that happened where you're like, this feels true. Yeah. This feels like me. All right, I'll tell you the first moment that came to my mind. It was one of my very first, I think it was my first speaking engagement ever. Mm. And it was before I was an the version of the entrepreneur that I am now. I was an entrepreneur. I was a fitness entrepreneur. And yeah. I started my fitness business. And I was invited to speak for Carbon 38, which is a brand. Yeah, I know who they are. Great them. brand. Yep. To their ambassadors. And it was like 12 people. <laughs> and it was at a bar studio. So I had no shoes on. And I was in a workout outfit. And there was 12 fitness professionals sitting in front of me. And I had an hour to talk to them. And I had never spoken publicly before in my entire life before this. I was an actress. Yeah. I'm great at saying lines. I'm great at performing. Formed in front of thousands of people throughout my life. Never in my life have I been Jen speaking to people. From her heart. From her heart. <laughs> talking about my story. They're like, talk about your story. I'm like what is my story? Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous. I remember practicing for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And I, I got in front of these people and it was 12 people on the floor. And I just start talking and start sharing my experience. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I will never forget this. One of the girls that was sitting in front of me, she starts crying mm. and she starts like tearing up because something that I said resonated with her. And I remember in that moment, I was like, this is cool, wait a second, my story, my real story could help somebody. Mm -hmm. And she saw herself in me. And then I saw myself in her. And we had that connection. And then when I was done, these girls, it was just 12 of them, came up to me and they were like, that changed everything for me. Thank mm. you for sharing that story. I related that. I, I, I'm going to show up differently tomorrow. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, whoa. Mm. And that gave me some freedom to step more into, this is my story. Like I was very afraid for a long time to talk about that metal show for a long time. When I first, when I shifted into fitness, yeah. I thought that me talking about that metal show would be a no, no for my brand. Like I was like, no one wants to hear about that. That couldn't be further away from the thing that I do now. And mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to know about that. And everybody that's listening, if you have a past that like a story or something that you used to do in your life that you're like, ah, I don't think anybody wants to hear about that. I would highly recommend that you revisit that and start to think about how you can tie that into your story now because it's part of what makes you unique. Yep. The yep. second that I started talking about my past on that metal show was the second that I differentiated myself from every other fitness professional on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I talk about it a lot in the book and how to craft your story and how to talk about what you do. And often your start is your story. Yeah. And there's a zillion other fitness people out there. There's a zillion life coaches. There's a zillion interior designers. There's a zillion doctors. The thing that's going to separate you from everybody else is the interesting story about you, your path, how you got there. Mm -hmm. And I, I call them the lean-in stories. So I'll meet somebody and I'll, they'll be like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I help, you know, build brands. Like I help teach entrepreneurs how to be seen. And they're like, oh, cool. And then I'm like, oh, you know, I was on a TV show about heavy metal music on VH1. And they're like, what? Yeah. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, now I have your attention. Right. What is that lean-in story for you? And how can you tie it into what you do now? Mm -hmm. And that is usually the story that will also set you free. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, we get, like you were talking about earlier, we get so often caught up in comparison and being like everybody else. And I think when you start to recognize that being you is what makes you unique, is what makes you stand out, (laughs) is your superpower, that there is no one else in the world that is you, that becomes your strength. It becomes the thing that you stand on and you're proud of instead of being like, how do I mold myself to look just like her? And that is when you start to shift that mentality and you start to reclaim all of those stories and those parts of you that you used to be like, "Mm, that's too much or that's not relevant anymore or no one cares about this. And you're like, no, all of these things get to be part of it. And my uniqueness is what, why someone cares, why I matter to that person, not because I'm just like her, but because I'm me, that makes it, it different. And, and in a culture that a lot of people, it's like, I don't follow Jen because she's a robot. I follow Jen because she's a person because I know her heart because I know the things she's been through. I know the things she's overcome to get where she is. And people care about the story they, and the journey that you've been on. And you get to enroll people in that journey and in that story and say, come with me. And who knows where we're going to be in a couple of years. Yeah. So I always say, I'm like, I'm on it with you. Like, yeah. who knows where it's going to be for my journey? It's all over the map. Who sure. knows? And that's but the exciting part. It's so fun. And like, here's the thing. They, people like to connect to humans, like you mm-hmm. said, like a person with a story. And like, there's there's already a Tori. There's yeah. already a Jen. So there's going to be somebody that does not resonate with me, that does not resonate with my story or the way that I talk or the way that I communicate. They just don't. Mm-hmm. But they may resonate with you. And sure. that's amazing. But if you're trying to be like me, then it doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Right? So... I mean, you got to be so you that you're okay with the fact that there's going to be people that don't get it and they're going to go follow somebody else. And that's amazing. Totally. Because you attract what you are. And if you want to have an audience of raving fans, you're you're like, I, I like to call it like your dream client or your dream follower. You spoke to my community, like people like that, that are just like, they are so all about like everything and they help build you up and you help build them up. That's by being your most authentic self. Because yeah. if you are not being yourself, you'll attract a whole community of people that think you're that. And that's like just not the people that you're going to vibe with anyway. No, it's painful. It's painful. Yeah. And I, I said this offline before we we started recording, but I think it's it's important to say. Um, Jen invited me to come speak to her mastermind not too long ago. And it was by far one of the favorite, my like recent favorite things that I did. And it speaks a lot to her and the culture that she builds within her community, but also just who she is as a person. Because she doesn't, this is not just a book that she wrote that now she's going to give you guys the tools to be seen. Like this is something she lives out. This is something that is, these are her values that she, she walks the talk. And the way that I, I experienced that was coming into this community and being met with people who had such intentional, authentic questions, but such a level of presence to, uh, to their questions. And I have never walked into someone else's and been invited into someone else's community and felt more like I could be exactly who I was and that that I could show up and be that and that was welcome, that was accepted, that was celebrated and that was fully received. Because I have lived, I have worked, I have been in friend groups where that is not the case and you all have too and we know how painful and how uncomfortable it can be to be like, why am I just not connecting with these yeah. people? And I'm trying so hard, right? Some of us are putting so much effort out there and it's like, oh, I'm yeah. trying so hard and it's not landing because maybe either you're not in a 
culture and a community where that's allowed and accepted, or maybe you haven't fostered that within yourself. Yes. And so I know oftentimes, you know, it's hard for us to sometimes perceive ourselves the way other people perceive us. Why is that? And you've got something called a badass list mm-hmm. that can help us with that. Tell yeah. me a little bit more about what that is. Yeah. So it, the badass list is the entire third chapter of the book. It's so unbelievably important because we spend a hell of a lot of time on the internet comparing ourselves. We yeah. just do. Everybody does. And if you say that you don't, then please DM me and tell me that you don't. And I, I'll bravo and I'll bow down to you. Yeah. Because there, I, I will catch myself. My thumbs just do it. And all of a sudden I'm scrolling and I feel bad about myself because mm-hmm. Instagram and social media, TikTok, Facebook, all of it, it's a highlight reel and that's amazing. I think it's great. Everyone can showcase all the great things about their life and everything that's happening and promote their business. Amazing. Mm-hmm. However, we're not seeing the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing the chapter one, two, and three, and four that led to that chapter five that we're seeing. So we're comparing our real life to other people's badass moments, other people's badass, incredible chapter five, yes, here it is, the finished product. Mm-hmm. So if we're dealing with something that's difficult or we're having imposter syndrome or fear of being seen and we're scrolling, we're thinking that we're alone in that and we're forgetting how amazing we are. Right. Often all of the things that we've done are way too close to us and we don't think they're incredible. Mm-hmm. But if I were to tell you to talk about your best friend, your partner, your kid, you would brag about them all freaking day. Mm-hmm. You would say how amazing they were but we don't do that about ourselves. So whenever I'm experiencing imposter syndrome, I use my badass list. I used it today. It's Mm. actually in the book. My publisher made me write my badass list and put it in the book. It was mortifying because I was like, I'm going to write all these things that I did that I'm proud of myself for that's like so braggy and felt so gross. But I did it to show everyone that I really do this. Mm -hmm. So what I want everybody to do that's listening is just take out your phone and I want you to make a list of all of the things that you've done in your life where you felt like a badass. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a big business moment. It doesn't have to be a big, shiny Instagram highlight reel moment. It could be a very private moment. Maybe like, oh my gosh, when my kids said I love you for the first time, mm-hmm. right? When I potty trained my child, they pooped in the toilet for the first time, yeah. right? Or, or maybe it is a big moment. You ran a marathon, you overcame an illness, you helped somebody so much. Or maybe it is, I spoke on a huge stage in front of 7,000 people, like holy crap. Put all those moments on a list in your phone so you always have it for you. And then anytime you're feeling like an imposter or you're feeling like you don't want to be seen because you're not good enough or you're not worthy to step into this position that you've been offered, I want you to read your list out loud, but you have to read it as if you're reading it about somebody else. Mm. Read it as if it's somebody else on the internet that you're comparing yourself to. (laughs) And read that list. And I want you to be jealous of that person, be envious of that person, marvel at that person, be impressed with that person. Holy crap, that person did all those things. And then I want you to ask yourself, is that person worthy of doing the thing that I'm afraid to do right now? I guarantee you, you'll say, 100% that person's worthy of that. Yeah. They're a badass. Then remember, okay, that person's me. That person's me. Yeah. I, I'm going to go home and do that. Good. And I recommend everyone else should too. Because we don't give ourselves enough credit. We are our own worst critic. We, are the first, we think everyone else is judging it, us, yet we are the ones that are harshly judging ourselves. And I think it's so critical for us to cultivate a spirit of celebration, you know, Mm -hmm. of ourselves and remember like what we've actually accomplished, what we've actually overcome, the things, the moments that maybe we haven't talked about and that we haven't shared online, but matter, Mm -hmm. you know, and were these moments where we're like, yeah, even if that meant I set a boundary with somebody and I really, I removed myself from a relationship that was toxic. And I said, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like that can, that can be an example of it. 
And it reminds you on the days where you're like disqualifying yourself, mm-hmm. why you are qualified. Yes. And I think that's such an easy tool, but it's impractical, something somebody can go right now and implement. And it makes an actual impact mm-hmm. on the way that you shift the way you perceive yourself. Because everybody else can look at you and think, oh my God, you know, on a day that Jen's in self-doubt and worrying and being like, oh, can I do this? And I think of Jen and I think she's a badass, but she's lost touch with that for whatever mm-hmm. reason. That'll bring you right back to yeah. that that confidence. And confidence is such something so many people struggle with. You know, you talk about something called a co- confidence continuum. Mm-hmm. What is that? How can we get into the con- confidence continuum so that we can continue to feel that motivation, but feel the, feel the like, um, that momentum, momentum, that's the word, the momentum that's kind of, we're riding that wave of confidence. Momentum is like the juiciest thing. When you can gain momentum, that's like when you're on fire. Mm-hmm. That's when like you can put your foot on that gas pedal and just fly. Yeah. And I'm always trying to get to that moment of momentum. Not always in it. And that's a beautiful thing because if you didn't know what non-momentum felt like, you wouldn't know what momentum felt like. Or there's like. positive momentum and you can go be, be in a Both. negative momentum spiral real quick. A hundred percent. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is that if you don't feel like you're a very confident person right now, confidence can be built over time. Mm-hmm. It can. It 100% can be built. And unfortunately, it's not the easiest thing to build because it takes doing hard things. Yeah, It takes having consistency and it takes taking action with fear in the passenger seat of the car and building, building that self-trust, mm-hmm. right? Confidence comes from consistently sticking with your commitments. So every single time you do something that you said you were going to do, so let's say you say, I'm, I'm going to use this analogy because I know a lot of you that want to build brands have a problem with this because I talk to you every day, mm-hmm. going live on social, like, right? Like, um, have you gone live like recently? No, it's scary. That's a scary thing to do. So let's yep. say you're absolutely petrified to do that. You're not confident in that area. Going live makes you scared. Talking off the cuff makes you scared. But you know you want to build confidence in this area. So the first step of the confidence continuum is to take action, mm-hmm. right? It's to take action with fear in that damn passenger seat. So you're going to learn, you're going to use everything you learned in chapter one, all about fear, to talk to fear, say fear, okay, you're going to come with me in the car. I'm going to put my arm around you and we're going to do this and we're going to press go live and we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's only for three minutes, I know it's going to be scary. I know it's going to be painful, but I understand that discomfort is only temporary. And before I know it, I'll end up in my bed tonight. How do I want to feel when I get in my bed? Do I want to feel proud that I did it? Or do I want to feel like shit? That's another day that I didn't take action. Mm -hmm. So I think about that and then you go and with fear there, shaking, terror, whatever it is, you press the go live button. Okay. That's the first step. You take action. So you do your live. Maybe three people show up. Okay. Okay. Three people show up. Maybe it's not that good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whatever. You press end. You did it. So you need to celebrate yourself for doing it. Because what happens after you've done the hard thing is you take the power away from fear. A little bit of it. Not all of it. Because you prove to fear, oh, I just did that and I didn't die. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got a win. And then dopamine starts to come. All the good feelings. Okay. I did it. I, I went live. So then the next day when you go to take action again, step number two, take action the second time after you've gotten the win you have a little bit more certainty and a little bit more confidence in yourself that you can do it because you already did it. You yeah. have proof. So you go live again, a little bit more confident, okay? So now you go live, you're a little bit better than yesterday. Not yeah. that much better, but a little better. Maybe five people show up. And then after that live, whoa, someone DM'd you and they said, I loved that live. That really made a difference in my life. Is there a way that I can talk to you about maybe working with you? Mm. Oh my gosh, you just got a really big win. Holy crap, that feels really good. Yeah. And motivation's created from wins. Right. Right? Getting that win. Wow, whoa, I go live and something cool happens? Boom, subconscious mind starts to remember that when I go do something scary, something good can happen. Mm-hmm. Now we've got way more confidence. Now we can't wait to go live the next day. I could get another client. This gets fun. Boom. 
Yeah. You do it again. Now you're way more confident and then you have done it again and again and again. You create momentum and you can consistently take action and it's a lot less scary. And you can do that with absolutely everything. Yeah, I love that. Can you speak to taking the messy side of yeah. taking action? Because so many people, they get caught up and they're like, okay, but I need to do it perfectly or I need to be good at it first before I get started. Mm -hmm. And so they get into this, this pattern of avoidance of like, I'm going to wait and put it off and I'm going to do all the planning and the preparation so that when I do do it, it's perfect. And they get caught up in this need for it to be perfect before they even get started. What do you say to those people who are yeah. like, mm, but Jen, I'm scared for it to be messy. What is your relationship with being a beginner? Mm -hmm. Everybody started at zero. Everybody. We don't see people's step one. We don't see people's zero. We don't, because they don't showcase it that much on the internet. Yeah. Some people, they do now and you can follow along. But most people that are very successful now, you see their chapter 20. Mm -hmm. So we're scared to put out our chapter one. Jerry Seinfeld taught me about this. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories ever about being okay with being a beginner and being seen in the mess. You know, I live in New York. Yep. I live down the street from this comedy club, really small comedy club, like 15-seat theater. And I know the guy that owns it. And a couple years ago, he called me uh, on like a Labor Day weekend. No one was in the city. And we were like in the city. We love being in the city when nobody's mm. there in the summer. And he's like, Jen, Jerry Seinfeld is going to be at the comedy club tonight. He's just going to pop in and do a set. You should come. Yes. Yeah. So we like run to this comedy club. There's like 10 people in the room. And Jerry Seinfeld is going to go do a set. Holy crap. We're mm. so excited. So Jerry starts his set. And the jokes aren't landing. Like, like he's kind of sucking a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like really confused. I'm looking at Chris. I'm like, is this really happening? Like, why is he, why is no one laughing? Like, it was really uncomfortable. And then he starts like going back to this table and looking at these pieces of paper. And then he picks up this piece of paper and he starts reading jokes off of the piece of paper. And I look at Chris and I'm like, he's practicing right now. Oh. He's getting his reps and he's figuring out what works and what doesn't. He is allowing himself to be a beginner today to figure out how to tell these jokes so that they work on the big stage. Mm -hmm. the, one of the greatest comedians of all time, one of the highest paid comedians of all time is doing a set in this tiny little hole in the wall comedy club and reading jokes off of a note card to see what works and what doesn't. <laughs> Where am I not allowing myself to get my reps in to figure out what works and what doesn't? Because yeah. you don't get clarity from sitting around and thinking about it. You get clarity from taking action and sometimes that action is messy. Yep. So he then like um, incentivized me along with a really good friend of mine who's no longer with us, Jessie Lee. I wanna call mm -hmm. her out because mm -hmm. she uh, told me to do this. Mm -hmm. um, she said, Jen, you should really go live on Instagram and do Get Ready With Me and put your makeup on. Uh, it, it's a really powerful exercise in practicing being uncomfortable and connecting with your community and answering questions. I'm like, yeah, that's scary. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I thought about Jerry. And I thought about him showcasing his beginning to us. And I thought how impressed I was with that and how interesting that was to me. And that even the greats mm -hmm. kind of suck sometimes in order to get better. And I'm like, if I want to be a speaker, I need to practice every single day. And I don't have a stage to practice on every single sure. day. But I do have a stage in my pocket. And so that's when I started doing my Instagram lives every morning, no matter what. Talk about... <laughs> Sticking with the commitments you make with yourself. Mm -hmm. No matter what, I do this. Monday through Friday, I put my makeup on and I practice talking to people. And I practice being seen even though I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I practice being seen with no makeup on. I practice answering questions and I practice telling my stories. And the stories that I tell and that I practice on those lives turn into my keynotes that I do internationally. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to our partner, Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I started to give them a try because I realized that in order to be the real champion of my life, 
I have to take care of my body. It's an absolute non-negotiable. So I was looking for a comprehensive supplement that I could take daily as a way to increase my overall health and good habits. Because I've realized that one small thing every day is the quickest way that I can create lasting change in my life. And I think about it like this. My choices and my actions matter. So I think of taking AG1 as a choice that is a vote for the person that I want to become. Someone who's balanced, vibrant, healthy, and full of energy. And that's why I love AG1. It tastes so great and it gives me everything that I need to feel my best. So if all-in-one comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go over to athleticgreens.com slash coachable. That's athleticgreens.com slash coachable today. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are your thoughts keeping you up at night? It's time to take care of your mental well-being with BetterHelp, the leading online therapy platform. We all face moments when our minds refuse to rest, whether it's stress, anxiety, or those restless thoughts that won't go away. Talk therapy gives you a place to talk it out so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. With BetterHelp, you'll have access to licensed therapists who understand what you're going through. They're available to you whenever and wherever you need them, making therapy more accessible than ever. If you're thinking of starting therapy, then definitely give BetterHelp a try because talk therapy is a great opportunity to explore your thoughts, feelings, and experiences in a safe and supportive environment. It provides you with the chance to gain valuable insights into your life, develop positive coping strategies, and work through your challenges. It's not just for people who've experienced significant trauma. Truly, everyone can benefit from therapy. So get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash coachable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash coachable. I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor of this week's episode, Camuso Design. Camuso is one of my all-time favorite brands because they are not just a jewelry brand. They are truly my hack for relieving anxiety and stress in my day-to-day life. And I'm about to tell you why. I wear their shift necklace. It is an absolutely beautiful stainless steel necklace that is designed in such a way to help you relieve stress and be more calm. And genuinely, that's exactly what it does. I wear this all the time because all I have to do is breathe. I, as you guys know, I'm a breathwork facilitator. I absolutely love the power of breath. And with the Camuso Design Shift Necklace, it is a simple, beautiful reminder that hangs around my neck to remind me to stop, slow down, breathe deeply, and allow my body to do the rest because we truly are our own medicine if we allow ourselves to be. So with this necklace, all I have to do is take a deep inhale through my nose and breathe out through this beautifully crafted necklace. I breathe into the necklace itself. And what it does is it naturally elongates my exhale, helping me to downregulate into my parasympathetic nervous system, feel calmer and clearer in just a few seconds. This is the best thing you can do for yourself is gift yourself the gift of calm with Camusa Design or a friend. I gave these away when I was at Burning Man on the playa and every single person that I gifted one to was so grateful and amazed. They have beautiful stains for women, men, and children. So this is one of the absolute like 
favorite things I have in staples in my closet, but also one of my very favorite wellness secrets that I'm no longer keeping secret. So make sure you guys go over to camusodesign.com slash coachable to get 15% off your order today. That is camusodesign.com, K-O-M-U-S-O design.com slash coachable and receive 15% off your order. Now back to our episode. Yeah, that is such a powerful story. I'm so glad that you shared that because, you know, you, like you said, you you expect to see people at their best, especially somebody like Jerry Seinfeld, who's so well-known, and to be able to see them stumble through the process, even at something they're really good at, and welcome it and think this is just, you know, this is all, this is part of the process. And I think we as a culture, we live in such an immediate, like a culture of immediacy and like right now that we're not okay with that extended period of time of, of learning, of stretching, of growing, of not being good yet. But like you said, you've got to be a beginner in the beginning and everything is hard before it gets easy. Everything. Yeah. Everything. So how did you get to a point where you made these pieces of showing up and being seen non-negotiable for you? Mm. Like, because so many people, we say we want something, but then we negotiate it with ourselves. Yes. Right? And we're like, mm, tomorrow. Or I'm, I'm going to do it when later, right? When then. Or whatever it is. And we start to negotiate our dreams. And then we push it down the road. And then we get to 30, 40, 50 years old. And we're like, man, I wish I had started way back then when I said I was going to do it. What would have happened if I actually stayed committed when I'm, you know, when I admitted that thing out loud to my friend or when I said, this is really what I want to do. What do you say to the people who are like constantly in this negotiation with themselves? Yeah. Fear is a really good negotiator. It's negotiated with me today, you know, it negotiates every single day. And I think that exactly what you just said is my biggest fear Mm. is waking up at the end of my life one day and saying I, I didn't I didn't do the things that I said that I was going to do mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't use my gifts to their full capacity and I didn't show up and I didn't do the thing and um, Ed Milet uses this analogy uh, that like at the end of his life this thing happens where he meets the person that he could have been mm-hmm. and that that person is presented to himself and I envision that all the time too like the girl that I could have been if I took the action if I did the thing if I showed up if I didn't negotiate with fear and I did everything that I was capable of doing and I reached my full potential I have to meet her at the end of my life mm-hmm. and my biggest fear is that I am not the same person yep. as her that I could have been that I could have been her that that alone that drives me and I know that that's not strong enough for some people mm-hmm. but whatever that is for you I think we need to put more pressure on our goals for me at least and I'll only always speak to my personal experience because there's so much nuance. Like everybody has a different situation in their life. Sure. But for me, if I attach something really serious to a goal, like I put high pressure on it and my why is, I care about that why so much. Mm-hmm. Like like my loved ones, you know, like if I put it, like it, I do it no matter what. I think that if you're letting fear negotiate with you and you're not taking action on something that you really want to do, maybe the consequence isn't strong enough. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to put a better, a bigger consequence on it. And we do what we want to do no matter what. Like if I said to you, I heard this analogy on a podcast the other day too. This isn't even my analogy, but it really hit home. Like if someone came in here right now with a note and they gave it to you, Tori, and it said like your loved one's in the hospital, you have to go get to them right now. You wouldn't care what I thought. You would get up right now. You'd bust through that door and you would get to the hospital, mm-hmm. right? You would. 
And if you couldn't get a car, you'd probably like hitchhike. You'd grab someone's car. Like, I don't care. Like, get me out. I got to get to my loved one. I got to see them. I don't care. You would get yourself there no matter what. You wouldn't care what I thought. Right. But why are people just saying like, oh, you know, like, I don't want to look weird in front of Jen. So I'm just going to sit here and my, my loved one can wait. <laughs> or just goes like, is it that important? Is it that? Exactly. That's why I use that analogy. Right. Like, if it's important, you do it no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we were talking right before this too about obviously this this book and what a big accomplishment what it was to have your own book like in your hands to be doing this book tour launch and I was asking you like how long did this take from start to finish from conception to reality you put a thought you had a thought and you made it a thing I mean first of all let's just give you some credit like you literally had an idea and now you're like I'm holding your idea in my hand crazy which is such it's weird a, a powerful example of manifestation and taking aligned action. But what you said, it was like, I get shit. Like I make take action. I get, then what I said was like, you get shit done. You mm -hmm. didn't say that. But I, I was like, you, when you think about something, you move on it. Have you always been like that? Or is that no. something you've learned? Like that there, there isn't time to waste. Is that part of it? Or is it just like, I know that if I sit back and I think about it too long, I'll just, I won't do it. So when you have that spark of in inspiration, you take action. Yeah. I never used to be that way. And I do have to give my husband, Chris, a ton of credit. Mm. Because when you surround yourself with people that take action very fast and get things done very fast and make things happen, it supercharges you. Yep. And I put myself around somebody that is a quick start. My husband is a quick start. Like mm -hmm. if on the Colby scale, like you can, like there's a quick start thing. He's like yep. a 10. I'm oh, wow. a nine. He's a 10. And he does things immediately. And so from being around him a lot, I watched how much he could accomplish in a short amount of time by just taking action when he got the idea. Like mm -hmm. he'd get, he gets an idea and he's like, okay, let's start right now. I'm like, right now, why don't we wait till, you know, when I started dating him, I was like, oh, you know, you can do it next week. Right. You know, that was like where I came from. But this is the power of surrounding yourself with people that are doing things that are a little bit higher level than you that you've never experienced before. Surrounding yourself with people that are doing stuff that like, that can actually shift you if you're around them enough and you can see from example what happens. And I was watching him create all this stuff and he would start immediately. Mm -hmm. And before I knew it, I was starting to do that as well. And I got to, again, when you see what happens as a result of doing the hard thing and you realize that it works, you train your subconscious that that's the thing that works and then you start doing it more and more and more and that's what creates momentum. So. <laughs> Chris was teaching me mm -hmm. that when you start, when you're in peak state, when you get the idea, you immediately start, you take action right away. Like if we're talking and you have an idea to connect me to somebody, I'm like, let's do it right now. Or yep. I want to connect you to someone. Let's do it right now. Let's take action. Do it now. Our friend Dave Meltzer, he always says like, do it now. Mm -hmm. Because if you put it off, it's just more on your to-do list and it stretches, stresses you out, gives you more anxiety and then you never get to it. Yep. But and, do it now. And it gets the ball rolling and that momentum moving today. It's like the faucet. Yeah. So this book is actually like, it's so funny that the, the Here's how it went. I want to tell you, like the immediacy of how this process of getting this book off the ground happened. Yeah. There, I, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but in the introduction, there's an entire story of how I saw a psychic. Maybe we talked about it mm -hmm. on our first podcast together. And I woke up at that next morning and I looked to Chris and I said, I'm writing a book. Don't let me off the hook. I'm writing a book. And he's like, okay. So my first step was accountability. And then immediately, teeth were not brushed, hair was not brushed. I go to the computer and I look up a domain for a title that wasn't be seen, but mm -hmm. I thought that it was going to be. And I bought a domain name for like $3,000. Wow. I did it at that moment. Why? To put money on the table, mm -hmm. to hold myself double accountable. This is still the same morning, teeth not brushed yet. Then I get in my bed right away and I start outlining and writing an introduction. That's not the introduction to the book that you're reading right now. 
all of this was just the gunk that comes out of the faucet before the water flows. Mm -hmm. I was getting the gunk out. I wrote this handwritten introduction. I still have it. It's terrible. It doesn't even make any sense. And it's not that introduction. <laughs> and then I immediately start emailing that day, everybody that I know that has a book agent, everybody that I know. I think that I emailed like 20 or 30 people to get connected to somebody because I knew I needed to get the, 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 the wheels turning. Mm -hmm. By the end of the week, I had calls with different agents. The end of the week. And then by the end of the next week, I already had an outline that was going to publishers. And then, so like there were a lot, now that was like immediate momentum from immediate messy action. Yep. The outline's not the outline of this book. The title's not the title of that book. None of it actually is the same. But what it did was it was the messy action that sparked the momentum that forced me to kick myself into gear and got me into the place where I had absolutely no choice but to write a damn book. Mm -hmm. And then there was a ton of bumps along the way that would have stopped me, that was, I was getting no's, I wasn't getting the idea, I didn't know the title until the last minute. I didn't know the subtitle until the last minute. There was a lot that was happening that was not working out for me, but I persevered because my back was against the wall and I had absolutely no choice. And I think that the whole point of this entire rant that I'm going on is that I started not knowing. Yeah. And I started fast when I was in peak state and I started I started the faucet. That's so powerful. And I've, I've said this analogy on the show before, I think, but I think it's, it's useful to, to remind people. It's a lot of times it's like, this universal GPS that we want to get to our goals. Like I have a goal to, to write a book and we see it as like, I want to go to Miami and you put that, that book destination into your universal GPS and you're like, okay, tell me the directions that I need to t take in order to get there. And that's like, life doesn't work like that. It's not going to tell you, okay, you need to now write an outline and you need to get a domain and you need to reach out to these people. And this is the order you need to do it in. And then you're going to wait this long and then you're going to get an offer, et cetera, et cetera. It says, which is what our GPS does. It's like, okay, you're going to take a left out here, go 10 miles, get on the interstate. Here's traffic. And instead life is like, get started, yeah. get moving, just start the momentum Start driving and we'll give you the next prompt. That's right. <laughs> I love, we're the same. Okay, so my analogy is, I love you so much. We like have the same brain. My analogy for this is like a magical treasure map mm -hmm. and it's invisible and you can't see the path. You can only see the end goal and you can see the start. Okay. And every time you take an action step, a little bit of the magical path reveals itself. Yep. And then you take another action step and then a little bit of the path reveals mm -hmm. itself. Same thing, but yours is way more 2023. <laughs> but I love your, your little girl with her magic map. Yeah. You just talked about Chris. I love that you recognize that in him, but you're talking about who you surround yourself with. Obviously, I'm blessed to know you and have you in my life. Um, and your network matters. And it speaks a lot about who you're surrounding yourself, who you become Talk to me about the importance of networking. Do you have any tips for people, whether it's in person or they're trying to virtually connect with people online that they can can implement to start to up-level who they're surrounding themselves with? So unbelievably important. And the third part of the book is be connected. And it's all about networking and making relationships because if you don't have that network of people, you're not going to build a brand. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be seen by anyone because I feel like opportunities, I don't feel like I know opportunities come from people. Yeah. Right. It, that's, that's where they come from. When I, when I distill everything down and I connect the dots looking backwards, everything was from a relationship. Mm -hmm. Again, something that my husband is amazing at. He's, he's the super connector and we <laughs> created super connector media together. And he taught me everything that I know really about networking. I think it was innately in me, but he gave me permission to be able to like, go do that now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the, um, 
the tips that I give in the book are really built around the opposite of what you think networking is about. So most people think that networking is about going into a room and selling yourself to people and making yourself sound unbelievably interesting so everyone will want to know you and want to work with you. And that's unbelievably exhausting and terrifying for people that are introverted. Yeah. Right? Terrifying. You want to say the right thing. You want to like put on a show. You want to make everybody like you. Networking is actually the opposite. It's totally the opposite, which I want every single introvert to take a nice deep breath and exhale because the way that you make somebody remember you, which is the, the most important piece of networking, being memorable, is to make that person feel seen. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to be the most interesting person in the room, you want to walk in and try to be the most interested person in the room. And everybody's favorite topic is themselves. Allow people to talk about themselves, ask them questions, be interested, and figure out what you can do to help that person. Mm-hmm. Powerful relationships are built by providing value to people, not by asking what you can get from them. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's that's so important because what you just said and you said is like in order to really be the best networker in the room, it's not about being seen. It's about seeing someone else. Mm-hmm. And that requires presence. It requires you to be able to connect with them and you can't connect with somebody that you're not present with. So you can't be thinking about what can I get out of this or who else is in here that I need to talk to and, you know, have your list of, of people that you're trying to, to get in touch with. It's about how can I just take a moment to just be fully here with you and to reflect back to you what I'm hearing, to be genuinely interested in that how much further that will take somebody than thinking I need to come in here and I need to walk away with 10 business cards. Uh, my goal usually when I walk into a room is help one person. Mm. Find somebody in this room, one person, make one great relationship and figure out how I can help them. Yeah. And then follow up with that help. So the most important part of the networking is not the meeting. It's the follow-up. Mm-hmm. It's how do you garner that relationship? How do you follow up? And most people follow up wrong. Do you have any tips for that? A hundred percent. Nobody that's listening to this ever follow up with me saying, just bumping this up or can I pick your brain or can can you <laughs> tell me something about… Don't Don't follow up with asking a question. Don't do that. Follow up with value. So your entire first interaction should be, if you want to be an amazing networker and create a real win-win long relationship with this person and you want to feel amazing because it feels amazing to help people, figure out what you can do to help them. Let's say you're having a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, my kid's first soccer game ever is tomorrow morning, so I've got to leave here early because i got to get to their soccer game. Hear that. Take that in and think about, okay, what does this person need help right now? Well, their kid's going to have their first soccer game tomorrow. I'm going to email them tomorrow and say, hey, wish Johnny… Uh, good luck at the soccer game. Like uh, maybe you could go above and beyond. This is a really relationship that you want to like make. Send a little trophy in the mail that says mm-hmm. Johnny's first soccer game for Johnny. You know, like tell someone you were listening. That is above and beyond. That yeah. is the extra mile. If somebody did that with me, I would never forget them and I would want to help them. I would I would call them. And like, Thank you. Oh my God, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That shows that you care. That shows that you want to create a relationship and that initiates the law of reciprocity. Now, don't do it just to get something in return because sometimes you're not always going to get something in return. And that's okay. There should be giving with no expectations. Yeah. However, I do believe in the law of reciprocity when it comes to the universe. So you will get something back. It might not come from that person in that moment. But when you're giving and you're providing value and you're walking around figuring out how you can help people, it comes back to you. Sure. It 100% does. Yeah, I can, I can double down on that. And that's the way that like you also end up receiving so much fulfillment and satisfaction. Like when you go out and you end up doing that little thing for Johnny, like little Johnny. Hello, Johnny is like our friend right oh now. We, we totally can see Johnny little, in my side. Little Johnny. I'm like, <laughs> I wish I knew somebody who had a little kid named Johnny. I would send him a trophy. Um, you end up getting 
and receiving so much just in that exchange. And I think a lot of people, they do, they go in with the the mindset of like, how can I, how can this serve me? Mm -hmm. How can this networking event or this cocktail or this luncheon or whatever serve me versus how can I go and be of service? Yes. And that is, that's a mental shift. And, but a lot of people too, I think when they are trying to set appointments or they're trying to network or they're trying to move the ball down the field, proverbial field towards their goals and, 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 you know, be seen and make an impact. They're like, how can I get a yes from people? Mm -hmm. How can I get them to do what I want them to do? But you talk about the importance of making friends with no. Mm -hmm. Talk about what that is because no can be a, a pill that we need to learn how to swallow and how we can learn to embrace no and actually how that can be redirecting us to yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So in this part of the book, I talk about both hearing no and saying no. Mm-hmm. Both two very, very, very important relationships with no. I'll talk about hearing no first because that's usually the hardest one for everybody. Sure. Rejection. If you are listening to this podcast, you're probably somebody that is into personal growth, into building a business, into like furthering your life forward. And when you are growing... A hundred percent, I can tell you this, I just know you're going to get rejected. At some point in time, somebody's not going to understand. Somebody's going to say, no, not this time. So it's another situation where we need to go, okay, what do I want my relationship with rejection to be? Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. So do I want to have a perception of rejection? Like, oh my God, this is terrible. It takes me down and it makes me stop doing everything. And it totally puts me into a pit for a really long time. And then I can't bounce back up. Or do we want to have a relationship with rejection where it's like, okay, this rejection is actually empowering me to move forward in a different direction mm-hmm. and to create a yes somewhere else. Do you have a personal story about when you've been told no? So many personal stories. When I, yes. <laughs> I mean, what's the, like, zillion. I, I didn't get my role in The Wedding Singer, my Broadway role, like 85 times before I actually got it. I mean, I'm an actress, so my basically my job was getting heard no all the time, and that's yep. why I can have a good relationship with rejection. But I'll tell you now, as a speaker – Pitch, doing a, having a book launch, trying to get on to big podcasts. I've been getting no a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of rejection. And here's what I do to deal with it. I now, this is really powerful. This is a good takeaway for you guys uh, <laughs> to have a little bit more fun with rejection and to have a better relationship with it. Every time I get rejected from like a stage or maybe it's a, a client or a sponsorship or something, anything or uh, for the book or for a podcast, I screenshot it and I put it in my rejection email album in my phone. I collect my rejections. Okay. And I have a ball, I will show you after, like a field day with all of my rejection email screenshots mm-hmm. because what I do is I go back and I look at them and I read them. And often the ones that are further back, there's a real reason why I got that no because it turned into a yes in another way. And mm-hmm. that proves to me to rem- remind myself that every single no is secretly a yes. Mm-hmm. And also I like to look at them and laugh. And when you put them in an album like that and I send them to Chris and I'm like, look, I got another one to add to the album. It makes it light. It makes it fun. And I can look at them and I can be like, I'm going to be way more expensive next year when you want me to speak. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's like I collect them and it's yep. almost like my trophies for putting myself out there. And every time I look at a rejection, I'm like, there, that means I put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Good job, Jen. Keep going. Let's add in more rejections. Obviously I don't want them. Obviously they sting. I'm not saying that they don't hurt. They do. But collecting them helps me to kind of like just take away the power that they have over me mm-hmm. and and applaud myself for trying and trusting and knowing that when I'm like, they're asking me, I'm going to be like, oh, look, I have this screenshot of when you rejected me last year or two yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's powerful because it's like, look at all of these opportunities where I could have quit. All of yeah. these moments I could have been like, oh, like I'm going to let that be the narrative that I believe more than the story that I know will be my, my mind, that I'm willing, 
committed to living out. And, and that takes a lot of courage being like, I, even though I have evidence for this, that this is a no, I am maintaining my faith in myself, my belief in myself and my commitment to this process. And that this, what I'm saying yes to, to like, what am, is this a yes for me? I'm sure that there are times where you can look back and be like, I could see why this was a no. Cause I actually wasn't ready. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. And now look at how far I've come and I can give myself credit for that. So you said that there's no being told no. And then also learning to say no. Yeah. When do we need to learn to say no? (laughs) Saying no is often harder than hearing no sometimes. Yeah. It really is. And I have a problem saying no. I want to do all the things. I want to do all the opportunities. And I think that that comes from a scarcity mindset a little bit. It does. Right? Like I don't feel like the opportunity won't come from somewhere else. So I have to take it here. Right? Mm -hmm. I have to do it. And... when I, in the book, I talk about saying no to relationships that don't serve you anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big one. And I think that people hold on to toxic relationships for way too long because of fear that they won't find it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And that stems from like fear that maybe they're not good enough to find it again. And I did that for so long with friends, with relationships, love relationships, romantic relationships. And when you can fully understand and know, and, and I think that this really comes from doing the work of, of self-love. And I, I know you talk about this so much. Yeah and being totally like okay with who you are and where you are in this moment and accepting your journey and being on your path and understanding and knowing that the dots will connect when you look backwards and I'm okay right now, Mm -hmm. where you can have the power to say no to something that seems like a really great opportunity in the moment, that is ultimate strength. That is ultimate leadership in your life. Am I there all the time? No. Mm -hmm. Am I striving to get to that point where Mm -hmm. I can fully say no with complete confidence and know and trust that the opportunity is gonna come somewhere else that's in more alignment with me, more integrity with me? I'm growing into that person. Yeah. And I think that we're all always growing into the person that we're becoming. And it's, for me in the book, the act of being able to let go of relationships, specifically friend groups that were no longer serving me and opening up space for ones that did was one of the things that completely changed my life. Mm. It was really hard for me. And I know that I think you have a similar story. Sure. Right? Yeah. And I didn't break up with anybody. I didn't say like, we're not going to be friends anymore. Or like, don't call me. I never did that. What I did was I said no with my actions and I said yes to something else with my actions. And I know that a lot of people, and Tori, your audience is very similar to mine. They always ask me this question. I'm sure they always ask you this, like how do you end a friendship, right? How do you do that? And for me, when I started to develop, like get into personal development a lot, I started to feel really alone in it Mm because my friend group just wasn't into it. They did not like it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I I feel weird. I feel like I need to take a shower every time I hang out with these people because they just don't understand me. So I knew I needed to put myself into positions and environments where there were people that got me. So I just spent more time going in that direction, more time going to events, spending time with friends like that. And if a relationship is supposed to end, the other party knows as well. Yeah. So I just stopped and saying I, yes. I stopped saying yes and they stopped calling me mm-hmm. and it just naturally went the other way. Yeah. And yep. it's okay for friends to come into your life for seasons and reasons. I have so much that I can relate to on that. And I'll just share, share this, this little story. Cause I think it's relevant to this conversation and being seen and stepping out of the shadows. Cause as you do step into your purpose and in, into what's truly genuine and authentic for you, when you start to live out, you know, and stop hiding. Um, I remember when I first started my business and I started to use my social media platforms for Mm -hmm. business instead of just personal, some of those friends talked shit about me. And they were like, who does Tori think she is? Oh my God, she's trying to be an Instagram influencer. Ha ha ha, you know what I mean? And I was really putting like myself out there in a way that I hadn't ever before, but that will happen, right? And it's something that you can 
guarantee to some degree if that like the more you allow yourself to be seen and the more you allow yourself to stand in your own light, that will also trigger people who are not standing in theirs. Uh, yes, for sure. And we need to be okay with that. Yeah. Or we don't need to be okay with anything. It's never going to be fun when somebody sure. says something negative about you or talks badly about you or comments badly on your post or yeah. something like that. But that's inevitable when you start to be seen. Mm -hmm. And again, what do you want your relationship with that to be? And what I often have to go to if, if I experience that in my life, which I do, because not everybody's going to understand you, not everybody's going to like it. But usually somebody that's triggered by you being seen and shining is hurting the, themselves. Sure. So I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to be empathetic to this person. I'm going to understand that this person is probably suffering and, str and struggling because all of my successful, happy friends, they would never take a second to talk shit about right. someone. They wouldn't take a second to put a nasty comment on mm -hmm. somebody's Instagram or Facebook or whatever, not even a thought. Right. So if someone's doing that, then they're clearly hurting. Hurt people like to hurt people. Mm -hmm. And I just think, wow, I feel bad for that person. I'm sorry for that person. And this is part of the game. And I know for every single person that doesn't get it, me shining and me being seen is going to help a lot more than that one, you know, yeah. person that do get it. Absolutely. So it's worth it. Absolutely. This is such a powerful book. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Like, really congratulations on bringing this to the world. I know people need a resource and a guide like this for getting over their fears and saying, I'm ready. I'm ready for the world to know who I am, to know my name, and to show them what I'm fucking capable of. And that's what you've done. You've led the way. You've walked the talk. You are the example of what that looks like. What do you have to say to anybody who's standing on the sidelines, who's scared, who's in the in the shadows, in the wings, and they're like, I'm ready to take center stage. I'm a little nervous about it. Is there any last final words you want to say to people who um, who are on the fence and they're like, need a little bit of more of that encouragement? What are your final words as we wrap up? First of all, keep listening to Tori. <laughs> because if you're here, then you have a really great mentor and a really great leader. So mm -hmm. that's the first thing. So applaud yourself for even listening to this podcast. That's number one. Number two, if you have a service, a story, or a product, notice I said story, so you don't have to have a business yet, but if you have something within you that you know can help people, it's your responsibility to allow those people to find you, and so you have to be seen to do that. Mm -hmm. Because every day that goes by that you're not making yourself seen and visible enough for those people, those people are gonna go find someone else. They'll follow someone else, they'll listen to someone else, they'll pay someone else who isn't as good as you and doesn't care as much as you mm -hmm. simply because you're too insecure or like all about what other people think to put yourself out there. Could you imagine everyone that's listening right now if Tori decided that she was too afraid to do this podcast? Like that would be a travesty because I know that this podcast has helped so many people. Mm -hmm. So think about your responsibility to be seen so that you can help the people that need your help. Amen. Amen. So powerful. That's a call to arms, you guys. So where can people go get this book? When is it available? And how can they connect with By you By the time online? this comes out, it's available. Yes. It's launch week, so you can get it anywhere books are sold. Uh, BeSeenBook.com. If you get it there, there's a zillion stores where you can get it from. But if you enter your order confirmation number, you can get gifts from me. Wonderful. Yeah, it's easy. Amazing. We will put all of that in the show notes. Make sure it's super easy for you guys to go get your copy, pick up one for yourself, for your friends, send them to the holidays are coming up. Make sure everybody gets one of these in their stockings this year. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making time to stop by the studio. As always, you encourage me, you inspire me, you uh, remind me that it's important to do the work and to step up and to allow myself to be seen. So thank you. I hope you guys will take this. You will step into your own light this week and share this with a friend if you find this valuable. Make sure to connect with Jen online. I love you. We'll see you next week on The Coachable Podcast.